0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: You said a couple weeks ago the ball club would tell you the direction you would take as far as the trade deadline. and then We're not there yet, but if they told you any direction with this recent uptick, what's happening? just continues to show amazing resiliency and, and, and fight um, and, and as the general manager you want to honor that and three and a half games out of the division lead um, good could climb over some teams to get to the division top uh have to climb over some teams to get in the wild card um, but we, we don't take that for granted that that you have a chance at the postseason and, and again absolutely want to honor this group uh, we had one of the best starting rotations in baseball the first month and and uh didn't really hit all that well, and, and from May 1st on, we've we've been among the best offenses in the National League. And if we could put those two clubs together, we could we could do some damages. How do you honor that? Well, you, you honor that by uh, by looking to see if there are opportunities to add to it. Um, you honor that by um, respecting where we are and, and and maybe not making a move that might have some future value, um, but takes away from your existing club. And, just respect their resiliency, their hard work, and, and their fire.
2: How much does that human element, is, the way, is it the way I'm reading
0: you right when you're saying that? Like, if you make a calculated, cold decision that maybe I wouldn't, but, you know what, I have to respect my guys, I mean, is that part of what your your job is too? Or?
1: Yeah, the you know, as we looked at the 16 and 17 clubs and, and the addition of, of Vasquez and, and Hearn for Mark Melanson, for two months with Mark Melanson, Um, business wise it's a great move Um, but as you look back at the human element of it it might have taken some of the air out of the sales of that club we were further out uh, we didn't feel as good about that club as we feel about this club repeated that a year later with with O'Neill Cruz for Tony Watson and and just need to be cognizant of that now we went big last summer and and that didn't work either Um, so I'm 0 for 3 in the last three trade deadlines in in terms of big providing a boost to the major league club but um, that's the the challenge we have is always Walking that balance between now, um, next year, and the future years.
2: You know, so with only one trade deadline this year, have you noticed
1: more top earlier than maybe another year's known that there was also the, the fallback at the end of all this? The, the, the names are, are, are different. Um, you know, teams are talking about moving. The, the Normally, this time of year, it's all about the marquee player, it's the top guys. So if, if you need X, it's the top guys that you're talking about at this point in time. And this year, there's been. Uh, more conversations as we're looking to add X or as teams are looking to add Y. Um, It it could be a little different in in that uh, um, July 31st could be a very busy time because you no longer have the fallback of, uh, teams now have to make a call, uh, and you no longer have the fallback of being able to get somebody, if you're a big market, that can go buy a contract and just take on a contract in August. That now has to be done by July 31st. You
2: talk about needing to pass a number of teams. How does the closeness of the division, one through five, play into the way you look at things going forward?
1: Well, on the, on the one hand, it, 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 everybody's in it. Um, everybody's two good weeks against the division uh, from being from flipping the division. Uh, the challenge is it's going to make it that much more difficult to, to win a second wild card or maybe even a first wild card. Um, because we're just going to beat each other up all summer, and and to accumulate that win total, you need some wins somewhere along the way, and, and if there's not an easy team in the division to beat up on, uh, they're harder to come by, and which makes the division championship, which is ultimately what you want to do anyway. Um, in our experience, it's, it's it'd be better to win a division and instead of facing the one-game wild card again. At the same time, playoffs are playoffs, and you've got to get into the wild card. You've got to get to win a division. You've got to get in to win, and and, and that remains the goal. Your division's really in outlier
2: and that you know, all five teams are still in it and, and really seem to be have been going for it all season what, what do you really attribute that to and, and how does that change things that you don't have you know teams that that are uh, maybe not tanking but not you know putting all their assets into this
1: season yeah there's there's a lot of talent in the division each of us has our flaws but there's a very uh, uh deep level of talent in this division and you do you have five teams that that their ambition is to make the postseason, and and that's not the case in some of the other divisions, and that's not criticism. Teams cycle in and cycle out. It's a part of the industry. It's a part of the game. It's been a part of the game for decades. It's not a new new thing. Um, We're just in a, in a situation where you've got five teams that are fighting to make that postseason, and, and uh, um, you know that was their goal at the start of the season. We'll see where we are on July 31st and see if there are still five of us fighting to, to get to the postseason.
0: Given the way this team is playing, when teams come to you, maybe inquiring about clarity, how do you, how do you handle that?
1: Well, you always listen um, because maybe there is a, a Melanson or a Tony Watson situation out there where we get somebody that we really like, and then how do we go to work to backfill the player that we're trading? Um, so it, it's my job. It's my job. It's a general manager's job to always entertain thoughts, to always listen to thoughts, to see if there are good baseball trades out there. Um, but then there is the human element of it. There, there is the, the factor of where are we in this process and, and is it a difference maker? And, and as we thought with Vasquez and Herm, we thought that was a different make, difference maker deal. And we had a couple guys that we could slide to the back end and we'd have to fill in the middle um, was our thought. Uh, It didn't work out great, Uh, and the same with the Watson deal. We we had guys that were pitching really well around him in the bullpen, and we thought we could replace him. Again, it didn't work out great in the short term, but we like the players that we got back in in the long term a lot. Um, But it is something that we'll absolutely take into consideration this year is the impact that it had on those major league teams, those current major league teams, compared to what the future major league teams benefited from those moves. Watching
2: this team, are you starting to see things that maybe – this track continues with you guys winning and and being in it that you would maybe like to see fixed or areas you could address
0: or is it maybe premature? Yeah, we'll
1: start thinking uh, There are some relievers that seem to be turning the corner and and, and adding some depth to uh, the leverage innings and, and options for Clint. Um, the, the challenge we still got to continue to find a way to get more innings out of our starters and, and again this has been another stretch of time where um, very few of our starters have gotten very deep into the game and, and you tax a bullpen, and that's where we've had to get creative this weekend to, to try to get through the weekend in innings and, and Clint's had to go back to using his bullpen because he has to not because when he wants to uh, to win games and, and um, you know, the, the position player group I mean, it's a deep group and, and has a chance to get deeper with Blanco with coming back um, you know, getting Keone Kela back, hopefully, ideally, somewhere uh, toward the end of the month, we'll, we'll be in a couple of nice trade acquisitions for us right there. And, and uh, where else can we add? We'll continue to explore. How does the uncertainty with Jamison time affect things? In
2: and do you have any sort of update on what his plans are for, for the next week or so? Well,
1: Jamison's uh, had a really good run here lately, where, where he feels good. Um, he's starting throwing activities more moving along the baseball progression. Um, hopefully we'll continue to have really good days there. The, the challenge with any time a pitcher's down, it's not only the downtime but it's the build-back-up time. Um, so, uh, you know, excited that, that Jameson feels good, excited that he's ready to take this next step in his progression, and, and uh, hopefully things will go go well for him as he works through it.
2: You know, you've had a, a couple of guys, prominent relievers, and and Rodriguez, who spent a little bit of time and then come back stronger. What went into the process, not just you know, mechanically or whatever, but mentally too, to get them back
1: up there? Yeah, in Richard's case, it was really just a breather. Um, Clint's had a ton of success by giving some of our position players who were struggling three days off and just a, a mental breather. Um, for a reliever, it's tough to do because it's hard to, especially when the starters aren't giving you innings, it's tough to, to give a reliever, okay, you're not going to pitch for three days. Um, so it was a, a mental breather, a chance to refine his mechanics, a chance to, to get him back to what he did so well last year, and, and it seems to have worked. In Michael Felice's case, it was just a matter of innings. We needed innings, and, and, and um, we, we, we were for a little while that we were in that negative churn of our bullpen where we had optionable relievers that we were just kind of running through because we needed somebody else fresh to pitch tomorrow. In Michael's case, um, he went down on a mission uh, and went down to, to go down and never come back, uh, never come back to the big leagues and never go back out again Uh, and and that's uh, he's thrown the ball really well since coming back and and in Michael's case if we go all the way back to spring training he always threw that first inning or almost always threw that first inning really well and then out of necessity we'd ask him to go a second and that's where he'd give up the run or two and so his ERA doesn't look good but that first inning typically has been really good for him. You've kind of started to wrap up those signings in the first half of the draft from this year. Um, how, how do you evaluate how the, the scouts and their staff have really gone through this process of acquiring new talent in these draft picks? Yeah, I think every general manager loves their draft class, and, and I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody say, wow, we just didn't do a very good job <laughs> this year. Um, but it figure. is the reality. Is We like we like, uh, we like the, the players that we sign. They do things that we like. They're the, the people that we like. Uh, we think there's projection to them. Uh, they have traits that, that we believe we can build upon in our development system, um, and, and we, we like this class a lot. And, and uh, the hardest part is, with all due respect to the draft experts, they might have seen a player once, they might have seen him in February, and didn't see him again. And we've seen these guys in some cases eight, nine, ten times with six or seven different people, and 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 have a lot more information. So, um, unlike basketball or football, where there's a everybody's kind of working off the same information, in baseball there's a ton of different information from club to club, let alone club to to the draft experts, and they have a really hard job to do because they can only see they're they're. A scouting department of one um, and, and, I, and I know you know some of the players that we drafted were perceived over drafts that they do some things that we really like and, and uh, you go back through history and sometimes the best players taken in the fourth round and about half the first rounders aren't going to be very good and, and that's the amazing part about the draft is uh, if you get one good big leaguer three or four guys who, who have a decent career um, and then a, a handful of up down guys you've had a great draft um, Basically, it's one average or better big leaguer, and, and that's that's the normal major league draft. I wanted to ask you about Will Craig with the Futures game tonight. What have you liked about his development? Like, what steps has he taken, and what steps does he still need to take
2: to, to get up here? I,
1: I've obviously, continue continued to work hard defensively at first base. Has made improvements there. The power is showing up. Uh, The next step for him is combining that good hitter that that we believed he was out of the draft that he showed his first couple years with the power that we're now seeing so that that he's a good hitter with power versus a guy that's going to look to hit a home run this at bat and then his next at bat he's going to shorten up and hit a line drive over second to pick up the RBI, there, there's a, a combination that can come in there. We're seeing it happen with Josh Bell this year, where where he's a good hitter with power, rather than trying to be either or an at bat. That's the next step in the evolution. Not to say he needs to become Josh Bell, we'll gladly take it. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just it's the next step in the evolution of a hit of a good hitter that has power. Is how do they do both in the same at bat, the same pitch, uh, without predetermining? Okay, this is a power at bat. This is a base hitting at bat.
2: Cervelli, it's um, the latest on him. Is yeah the possibility um, those days are over as a catcher,
1: yeah you know as we, as we go through with survey um, we we need to be cognizant that that there may be a, a, a position change at hand um, we're continuing to work through the assessment and the evaluation process obviously you've seen him take a ton of work uh, at, at third and around the infield and um, we have to be open uh, to the fact that maybe third base, or first base, or right field, or uh, bat off the bench, or maybe becomes a regular somewhere at each of those. But We've got pretty good players there now. So, um, continuing to work with Servy, continuing to gather as much information as we can to help him make the best decision for his career. And um, if that means not catching anymore, then we get to that point, and, and that's where we have to, to, to assess as we look forward.
2: You've said in the past, not even so much as a GM of the Pirates, but as someone within baseball, Uh, how concerned you are about catchers and the injuries that occur to them. What, if anything, can you take from this situation, setting them aside specifically, that can be worked with at the minor league levels, at the instructional levels, even lower in Latin America, wherever? where you can keep catchers health, as healthy
1: as they can be yeah it's a great question and a really hard one to answer at this point I mean technology is the first step I mean what else what else can can we do from from a technological standpoint um, we're exploring basically anything and any everything that, that people send to us we're, we're you know, reading boxing blogs to try to figure out how they deal with with, with concussions in boxing and diagnose them and and work through them. So uh, our group has, has done an exhaustive search. We haven't come up with a great answer yet, obviously, because survey's still had some challenges. Um, from an instruction standpoint, you know, if you get up closer, then, then you're more susceptible to, to catcher interference, as we've seen a couple times here with Diaz. Diaz. Um, yeah. If you, if you sit too far back then you're not going to get the, the pitches, the, 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 the framing, the receiving isn't, historically, if you sit too far back. Um, so there's that, there's that never-ending challenge, and, and there are just some risks that are inherent in the position. Um, how do we better diagnose, assess, and, and game plan for a return from a concussion? Um, the seven-day DL or seven-day IL is is a great step in the first direction, a great first step. How do we build upon that, and, and, and how do we continue to uh, to to add future ways to, to take the pressure off the player to feel like he needs to return, yet also honor the player's wishes to get back out there.
2: But the reason the reason I ask my guess, about the minors is that that's going to be more evident in the major leagues, where all eyes are on the game and TV and everything else here. Can there be even more of an emphasis? Again, not pirates, not you, everybody. Well,
1: you, you hope that there is so because. Work themselves. Yeah, at the major league level, it is about the W tonight. At the minor league level, yes, we we want to win that game, and we want to win every single game that we play. Every time we take the field in the minor leagues, whether it's an extended spring training game or a game in Indy. Our job is to win that game. At the same time, there's a little bit of a different pressure when that catcher takes a ball off the mask in the second inning to continue in that game versus getting him out, letting him recover. And, and I think our group does a really nice job of getting that question. Any, any question whatsoever, we get him out of the game. And I think we do we do a good job of that as the industry. That pressure to win You know, one of those 162 to the major league level puts a whole other level of, of, uh, of stress on the decision and the decision process.
0: Over these last couple of months of his contract with you guys... Who is it that makes that call in the Is it you guys saying, look, you know, we know you want to catch, but this is how it is going to be, you're now no longer a catcher for us? Or is it his call to say, I want to keep trying
1: it? Mm-hmm. So to answer the question, whenever there's a, a medical issue, it's always the player's decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Our job is to provide them with the best possible information, the best possible recommendations that we possibly can. We'll continue to do that in in this situation and in all situations, but uh, when it comes down to a medical decision whether to have surgery or not, whether to to catch or not, ultimately it is a player's decision. We're not going to force somebody to not have surgery to have surgery to play a position that medically puts them at risk. the, the interesting thing would be a player that wants to continue to do something that puts them in harm's way, That then it becomes a, a little bit of a different story. But, um, uh, you know, our, our discussions with Servi to date have been about playing other positions, and, and we need to honor and respect that, and he's worked so hard to, to become uh, major league ready in, in a very short period of time at those positions. We've talked a little about there's going to be a rehab needed once we get to the point in time when he's cleared to go play games. And, and yeah, the discussions have been about – things other than catching uh, for the short term and, and figure out where that goes from there. Could he in theory be
0: clear to play third base but not clear to
1: catch? Or if you're clear to play, are
0: you clear to play?
1: Um, well, clear to play is clear to play. Um, that the the, the the concussion protocol won't be position specific. If he's clear to play, he's clear to play. And then the next thing becomes a discussion with survey Where does he feel? best, ready to help a club, and and what's the best thing for him short-term, long-term. And and we've been very aggressive with he's going to be a former player a lot longer than than he's been a player, and and we want him to to be great into his 50s and 60s and beyond, and and to be a dad, and and if that's what he wants to do, and and to to have a great post-playing life, and um, sometimes it's bigger than, than,
0: uh, than today's game. Are you comfortable with the idea of him catching again for the Pirates, or is that something you prefer him not to do?
1: Um, that's a, another discussion with Suri as, as we get to that point that, that we'd have to have. Um, obviously, it, it's uh, we want to honor his wishes if, if he wants to catch again. Um, and and uh, at this point, not ready to, to make a public statement on that. But we've got a lot of dialogue with Suri about, about where, uh, where we can help him in this decision process and, and where we can go in this decision process. And once we've got all that information, um, we'll then have a, a really good sit down with
2: him. I heard you say on your show, you know you're going to go to the game and go to everything Cleveland with your boys. How's that going to be watching Josh at the Home Run Derby? Are you going to be excited? Yeah. Easy. It, Is it going to be fun? Absolutely. To really to, fine.
1: to watch the man he's becoming and the player he's becoming, and, and to be able to just go sit in the right field corner and, and cheer for him at the, at the, uh, the Home Run Derby will be a blast. And um, you know, my my sons have kind of grown up with Josh. You know, they, they, they've. Josh has been here almost as long as as, uh, as I have. It feels like, as he, given the year that he was drafted and, and his progression, and um, so th- this will be a this will be a fun one to watch him. It was, it was you know great to watch Kutch on, on TV and Pedro on TV, but to, to watch Josh in person will be, be a blast. And uh, yeah, my, my sons have been hammering me for since I got the job. They wanted to go to the Futures game. We've never been able to because of our game being at the same time. But this year it's two hours what, northwest and, and bounce over and watch the Futures game with them tonight. We've seen situations where other teams were—we've heard Joe
0: Moush just throwing chairs. We've heard you know, teams' the managers exploding, tables being overturned, and whatnot. How does your team always seem so harmonious? I mean, either they're hiding it well, <laughs> or that's really never been the MO of your team. Um, and not just this year, but throughout the, the, the course of your, yeah, your tenure right here.
1: I don't. I, I don't know. Um, I think there's a. Personality, um, personalities, um, uh, how we conduct our business, Um, I I promise you if that happened he's not the first general manager to to yell at a manager and the next time a manager yells at a general manager it's not the first time. Um, I just think there's a a ton of respect and appreciation for for each role. Um, I could never do his job and Clint probably could be a pretty good GM if he wanted to, but. these are not easy jobs, and, and uh, I actually hate the fact that something like that got out, because I promise you it's not the only place in the industry that's happened this year over the last 10 years, and um, it's a shame that that, that that leaked, because these are intense positions, these are pressure-packed positions, these are high emotion um, decisions that we make and that we go through, and and uh, um, yeah, that's probably the best answer I can give you. It, it happens in a lot of places, it just doesn't leak in our analysis. Trevor, he chair? Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not chair? A, that, no, not a not, chair. Not, not, not,
0: not. <laughs> I mean, even with the players, it seems this—you always know, like—you hear that from this from this team this year that it's, it's just a good group. The guys fit. Is that something you guys think of when you're assembling the team? How they're going to fit? How their personalities, their emotions, their leadership, for lack of a better word, is going to fit?
1: It is. We're all flawed in some way. Um, we all blend with a group better than, than others in some ways, and, and that is important to us. And uh, do they want to us? Do, do they care about their teammates? Um, do they show up to compete every day? I mean, those are questions that we ask about every player that we're talking about acquiring, whether it's out of the draft or a waiver claim mm-hmm. uh, or a, a small trade, a major trade. I mean, there's a lot that we're working to understand how a player ticks and, and how would he fit, because um, it isn't just about collecting talent. If you're only going to collect talent, you better win, because if you don't win, it's going to get ugly in a hurry. Um, And it's not just about collecting good guys, because you do need to have talent to win, and we work to find that balance. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Thank you, you,
2: Neil. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours